Good morning, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of Darren, Donick, and Chase. We're coming at you today from Pete and Terry's Tavern next to the Sobro entrance, the Bridgestone Arena, which means there is hockey tonight in Smashville. It is the Nashville Predators hosting the San Jose Sharks, game three of a four-game homestand to start the season. Nashville at 1-1, one and one, the Sharks coming in at 0-3. Oh We're going to talk a lot about that game throughout the day. And we want to just put it out there right away that we have tickets to this game we to have give away. Tickets. But you got to come by Pete and Terry's Tavern and drop your name in the hat. Between now and 1245, we also have another pair at 145. So come on in. Grab some lunch if you want. We have the lunch specials that we always have. Good deals. A burger and a beer for $12.50. Yep. And you do not have to be present when we draw the tickets. So nope. if you get here a little bit early, you can leave, and we'll put your tickets at will call when you win. And if you register, if you come in and you register right now, we have drawings at 1245 and 145 in this show, but then Jared and the GM will draw at 345 and 445. All you got to do is put your name in the hat. Yeah. You're eligible so, for all of it. Yeah, so you got four chances if you get here by before 1245. So it's got to do playing it. the percentages. We, we've been talking about that a lot on the show, right? Going for it on fourth down and as opposed to kicking the field goal, when to pull the goalie in hockey, when to bunt, when to not bunt, when to steal. It's all about playing percentages, Chase. And last I checked, I was not a math major. But if you get your name in the hat before 1245, four chances to win is better than uh, three, two, or one. It is. It is true. So come on down here. Say hi to us. You can have some lunch. And... Uh, you know, register to win some tickets. All right. So, Chase, it was a big day. And, and as I said, at 10 We missed you yesterday. We're going to talk. Uh, yeah, I did. We had the, the Nashville Sports Council had their face-off luncheon. And so hosted that down in the Lexus Lounge with Chris Mason. Had a great time. David Poyle, Peter Laviolette. By the way, David Poyle will join us today from here I'm at Pete and Terry's at 11.15. Our first of our weekly discussions with him. We'll get his uh, thoughts on tonight's game and. Uh, how he thinks the team has looked so far. That will always be informative, and that is uh, every Tuesday at 11.15 is, yes. uh, is our weekly chat with him. Derek Mason, head coach for Vanderbilt, our weekly chat with him at 1 o'clock. They've got a lot to sort out for sure. Mitch Light will join us uh, during the noon hour for his weekly discussion with college football. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about the hockey game tonight at uh, in our next segment. But yesterday, Chase, I know you were – on the edge of your seat, I watched pieces of four different baseball games. It was a baseball fan's delight yesterday with the playoffs going on. The intensity was outstanding. And the best game of the day, for sure, was the Braves and the Cardinals in terms of the drama. The Braves were four outs away from closing the series out. And to be honest, they, they, they got a little unlucky, right? Yeah. In the, in the eighth inning where the Braves lead four to three, they get the first out. They make a pitching change, which was interesting. A tough call. This is this is why you have shows like this. Because Brian Snitker took out a guy in Tomlin that had retired four straight. It had no problem at all. The two best hitters for the uh, Cardinals were coming up, Paul Goldschmidt and Marcelo Zuna. And they went to, to Chad Green yeah, with one out in the eighth inning. Mm. Green throws a good pitch, broken bat. The bat breaks into pieces, but Goldschmidt hits it down the line for a double. And then the one that really hurt 
was after he got Marcelo Zuna for the second out. Yadier. Uh, Yadier Molina, a bloop hit that Freddie Freeman almost caught. It was not a well-hit ball. Neither one of them. No. Both times, Green, what are you going to do? You, you just He made his pitch. He made a good pitch. Weak contact, but he gives up two hits, and the Cardinals tie the game. Do you think Snitker made the right move of – I mean, I know you, you're in a position to try and – you know, pad your lead, so he pinch hit. But did you do you think Tomlin should have gone back out? Because Tomlin was pitching so well that I was thinking, okay, you could get a couple of innings out of him. Yeah, well, they did bring him out for the second inning. Like That's he right. pitched the seventh. That's right. Brought him back out for the eighth, and he got the first guy out. Cole and then Blanc. you go to Chad. Yeah, and, and then, then go, they went yeah. to Chad Green to face the two toughest hitters. So you can tell that I am just so I'm still distraught over this. Whole well, thing. I mean, that was one of those games where a lot goes on, right? The Braves oh, yeah. had so many chances; they didn't, they couldn't get the big hit. Uh, the Cardinals had interesting things. I mean, the Braves have been all over Carlos Martinez in the series, and yet they still went to him, right? And they lived to tell about it. I thought for sure the Braves were going to get to him again when Acuna so got the leadoff double in what the top of the ninth or the or the yeah, yeah. top of the ninth and it really if it hadn't been a ground rule double it would have been probably a triple I mean he would have yeah. easily gotten a third the thing that drove me nuts is they load the bases twice don't get anything out of it and then Acuna gets all the way to third and they can't bring him home and he got on base with no outs that's just tough you're not going to win baseball games and it's Freddie Freeman Freddie yeah, Freeman up there with right. no outs but Freddie it, Freeman has just not been very good, and it's scary because he's usually Captain Clutch. But it's it's interesting that it's what the beauty of baseball is. Yeah. Until you've taken the lead, you haven't, right? Right. But it is frustrating. That is, uh, they put up a stat yesterday: most strikeouts through two games in a series by any team in the history of the game. Every one of them for a team was since 2013. Right. And all but one of them were since 2017. So the, the rising rate of strikeouts, the pitchers are good. Yeah. The hitters really don't adjust. But uh, I will say this. It is hard to put the ball in play against Andrew Miller, right? Especially lefty on lefty. But it was disappointing to have your best hitter up there, bases loaded now out, and not get anything. Uh, Mike Fultonevich will pitch game five for the Atlanta Braves. So... Is it is it Flaherty for the Cardinals? Um, I haven't seen what the Cardinals are going to do, but yeah, Flaherty. I have to believe Flaherty, it's Flaherty yeah. right? And that's so, tomorrow, so they do, they do get the day off. And they've moved the start time of that game to um, it'll be four o two Central Time. Let's see if I leave here, right? <laughs> <laughs> you'll I told, be, uh, I told be in Dalton, Georgia. I told Ryan Porth last night. I said, "Listen, if Darren McFarland wasn't out with getting his knee fixed, you." Bets best believe I would be in Atlanta for Game Five. But yeah. By the way, Darren McFarland, as we speak, going yes. under the knife for yes. the meniscus procedure to repair uh, the tear. Yeah. Uh, Should be a quick well. surgery. Hopefully, a quick surgery, and hopefully not out long. But uh, we we are keeping him in our thoughts today. Yes. And Pete Weber has suggested sending milkshakes to the uh, <laughs> to the hospital room. Where he is right now, that's a pretty good idea when you, when yeah. you get down to it. I think a, a milkshake would make him feel better, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so the Nationals also force a Game 5. So the National yeah. League has two winner-take-all games tomorrow, which will be great drama, especially uh, between games for the Predators. That's good for me because I get a chance to sit back and watch both of them. I love games like that. I give full marks to the Nationals for coming 
back in and getting back into the series after being down two games to none. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, yep. long-time national, the senior member of the team, hits a big two-out, three-run homer to turn that game around and give them the cushion that they needed. Max Scherzer came through, through for them, seven tough innings. The Yankees have advanced uh, against the Twins. Not easy to sweep a team that won 101 games, but no, the Yankees look like I, they've got it going. I hate that because I, I the Twins were one of those teams that, you kind of jumped on with, like, hey, had yeah. such a good season. You like that group, but the Yankees are just a buzzsaw. So it Their just, lineup is so tough. It, it was going to be tough for them. Uh, the Nats are trying to ruin your Friday night plans because, you know, if cause you're, going, you're going on the road oh, with the yeah. Preds, you're going to be in yeah. L.A., you know, that game one would probably be Friday night. Yeah, we have some logistical issues, but we have looked at the fact that there could be a game at Dodger Stadium on, on Friday night. And that would be exciting to go to, but the Dodgers have to win one more game here. Right. So, wow. And uh, finally, the Rays stay alive. They actually had a pretty good crowd. Uh, they, yeah. they opened up other areas of the stadium. I think they announced uh, around 32,000, which is close to filling the seats that they had available. Yeah. You'd love to see more. I think they could have sold more. But at least they had a little something, right? The fans that were there, they had all the, the, the gold uh, towel-waving and they jumped all over Zach Rinke to stay alive. Now they get to face Justin Verlander. This is fun. Right? Yeah. The Astros coming at you with three incredible aces. But uh, the Rays will try. To, that's the one game going on today, to try to stay alive for the Rays. Yeah. it's um, it, Look, that was a fun game to watch yesterday. We had it on during the show. And uh, it started you know, with about an hour or so left in, in our show. And the Rays get on them early and – and, you know, just start chipping away and then end up taking a big lead. So good for that home crowd that they're going to get two games at least. And, um, uh, well, I guess two games is what they would get. But uh, see if they can force a game five and go from there. But facing Verlander is going to be tough. Uh, that won't be I easy just, for sure. I don't know about that. But, but here's the thing about the Rays. They won – They you know, the Twins winning 101 games in the Central is one thing where there's, you know, some – teams that are completely rebuilding and tanking, right. whatever you want to say. The Rays won 97 games in the AL East, where, yeah, you have the, do have the Orioles at the bottom, but you have some good teams in there. Uh, they have got a ton of arms that you've never heard of, but they just keep coming at you with one guy after another. They go, who is this guy? And he's throwing <laughs> 99. He's got some wicked curve. You know, he's, they, they've got the no-name pitchers that can shut you down. So I, I give them a chance. I give them a chance today, but we, uh, you know, we'll see. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to tonight's hockey game, and then at the bottom of the hour, we'll, we'll talk some Titans. I didn't get a chance to really share my thoughts yesterday yeah, because which, I was doing the event, and I'm sure the show was a, a spicy one yesterday. Uh, we might even do some roll call uh, later just to see uh, the feelings of all the football fans of the various teams because uh, morale might be a little low. Yeah. So that might be coming up a little bit later in the show. But uh, – when we come back, we'll break down Predators and the Sharks. It's on NBC tonight. And, of course, we'll have our radio coverage starting at 6 o'clock on 102.5 The Game. Uh, and, of course, Pete Weber, Hal Gill have the call at 7 o'clock. Stay tuned. We're live from Pete and Terry's. Come on by. Drop your name in the hat. You can win tickets for tonight's game. Grab some lunch and listen to Darren Donick and Chase here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. And now the Red Wings break back up ice. Here's Glenn Denning. The shot to score. Glendening had the puck caught around by his skates, and that caused some problems for UC Saros. 
And he got enough on it to lift it up over him for the 4-3 Detroit lead at 9-24 of the third period. We're back at Pete Terry's Tavern. You are listening to Darren, Donick, and Chase. Normally, we are live from the Wholesale Inc. studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. Willie and Chase here with you. Darren, under the knife. As we speak, we will get you an update as soon as we can. We need updates. We need updates. We might have to. Uh, we might have to send somebody to the hospital to provide to provide updates. Uh, yeah, and bring a shake. And bring a shake. Bring Pete a shake Weber today. is advocating that you take milkshakes and not flowers. Yeah. In lieu of flowers, yeah. <laughs> In lieu of flowers, <laughs> take milkshakes. I think it would much be much more well received by yeah. Darren. Now, I, I think it's an outpatient procedure, so he'll yeah. he'll be home tonight. Yeah, he should be all right. That's that's. Uh, I mean, it, it's so funny because he's been telling people about this procedure, and everyone has been like, "Oh, you'll be on your feet within 24 hours." I mean, it's it's a piece of cake. Yeah. So, so hopefully this will help. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we we were not only discussing Darren uh, downstairs, Chase, before as the media gathered for this morning skate that's going on. You heard the call by Pete there. A tough loss to the Red Wings. It's just a puzzling thing. The Red Wings, and I, everything that can go wrong seems to go wrong when the Predators play the Red Wings. Once again, if you look at the overall chances, the overall shot attempts, all that stuff, widely in the Predators' favor. But the opportunistic, and, and give the, the Red Wings full credit. They turn right around and beat the, uh, the Stars the next night up in Detroit. And Anthony Mantha had another big game. But uh, the Predators come up short against the Wings. Uh, and tonight you've got the San Jose Sharks. But one thing I am seeing before we get to the Sharks part of this, Chase, because they've had, they've had an interesting start to the season as well, I do like the firepower that I'm seeing uh, from the Predators. There, there's yeah. no question that they have the weapons to really go on the attack and take the game to the opponent. The question is going to be finding the balance, right, from – you know, we know we have the horses, we're going to have our chances, but how do we make sure we're not leaving ourselves open the other way, getting too carried away? I do think that was part of what happened on Saturday. They, they got a little too aggressive, yep. and, the, and the Red Wings countered, and they cashed in. And the goal you just heard, which was the winning goal, was the exact thing. Luke Glendening, who seems to play like Steve Eiserman when he <laughs> plays against the Predators, he, he's a very ordinary player. He made a great play. He kind of grazed that shot off of UC Soros's mask. But, uh, but I think that's probably the biggest emphasis that the Predators have right now. Yeah, I agree with that. And Tyler Bertuzzi had a heck of a game as yeah, well. Those for, guys, th- that first Wings. line, that, is, that yeah. is a legit excellent line. Bertuzzi, I, Larkin, and Mantha. So I talked to Kyle Turris after the game, who I thought, even though they he played lost, a good game. Kyle Strong Turris game. had one of the best games I've seen him play in a long time. Strong game. That whole line was really good. Agreed. And I said to him, I, and I, I asked the question in a, you tell me if I'm seeing something wrong. <laughs> like, I want you to yeah. explain this to me. But I feel like this season in two games and even going back into the preseason, they are moving the puck much more. And, and it seems like they're, it's crisp, it's faster pace, they're getting more chances on goal, they're, they're, register, or they're getting more shots on goal, they're generating more chances. And he said, yeah, I mean, that's just that's the offense that we're running now that it we're able to move it around, and we're able to get the puck on net much more. Now, they weren't able to bury some of those chances. Uh, three goals on the night. That top line with, with Matt Duchesne, or I guess top line A, B, yeah. whatever you want to call it, with, with Matt Duchesne continues to generate. But 
Um, I, I really like what I'm seeing offensively out of the Predators right now because I feel like this is a unit that they have the talent at forward that they can score more goals, that you can open up a Victor Arvidsson or a Philip Forsberg to really hone in on that talent. I mean, they both have two goals apiece. You know, it was, okay, who's going to be the first Predator to get 40? It could be both of them. And, and I know we got a long way to go, but they are they are both already tallying goals. So, I look, it, it's a weird stat that Peter Laviolette is 1-10 in 10 against the Detroit Red Wings <laughs> during his time with the Predators. If I would – I would call you a liar if you told me that and I didn't know it already. Like, I, I just, I'm floored by that. But sometimes there are some teams that you just struggle with for whatever reason because of luck. or It's hard luck. to explain. It's puck luck. That's what it is. And that puck the other night was bouncy. I mean, it was bouncing all over the place. And sometimes you get bad bounces, and um, that's what happened. Now they can turn it around tonight against San Jose. Uh, the power play does break through. They do score on oh, the, yeah. power play, the power play, which play was looks huge. Good. And I, I asked Kyle Turris about that, um, even though it was the other unit that was out there, and he was he kind of laughed it off, like, "Listen, we're 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 done worrying about that. Like, we have confidence. We really I, like I agree it. with that approach. I, I do, I do too. think it's it's very fresh. You they, get different different combinations of players, different concepts. Uh, you know, we were talking to AJ Malesko last week, and she she said sometimes when you just restart, you got different people, different ideas, everything resets." And that confidence starts over. I do. I sense there's a lot more confidence yeah. right now, and within the room on that. I never realized it at the time, just because I, I, you know, I, I don't look at things as closely as you, even you would, being the the play by play. But now with Dan Lambert and you know his system and how he's setting things up with only one defenseman, and then adding Matt Duchesne, you're able to put Victor Arvidsson in his in a his natural position, and so he's in the slot. He's on the the hand that he should be shooting from. And everything just feels a lot better, and it's moving smoother. I mean, it's the the way they are moving the puck around is just it's fun to watch. And then you have Duchesne hovering around the goaltender, and that's creating those chances. So I feel like that's a lot of it, and they have their confidence back. So um, that was good to see, and we'll see it again tonight against San Jose. I think Kyle Turris is right there on the door of scoring a goal. And once that happens, I think that's going to be huge for him and his confidence. But I can tell he's a different Kyle Terris. It looks promising, for sure. And and when you have those four lines, I do think it's hard for other teams to account yeah. for all of them, right? If you if you say, all right, let's 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 focus on stopping the first line, whatever you deem that line to be. Okay, well, we got to make sure we count for that second line as well. That's where Terris' right. line, you know, what do you have left? You better have some pretty good defenders to, to handle that line because Torres, yeah. Grimaldi, they come at you. Cali Arncrook, they had good chances. So that's how it's designed to work. And then Benino's line is more yeah. of the, the checking line that, that should chip in some offense as well. Now tonight, they're facing a team that's 0-3. Which but, is dangerous. Oh, my goodness, it's dangerous. <laughs> I, I, I don't like this timing at all uh, for, for how the Sharks come in here because they're going to be about as desperate as you can be for the fourth game of the season. They've been ripped twice by, by their arch rival Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also lost the game to the Shark to the to the Ducks, which I'm sure does not sit well with them. They get at Vander Kane back tonight, who was suspended, uh, so they they will get a lift from that. I just think you're going to see a very focused team. It's going to take an excellent effort by the Predators to win this game tonight. I like the focus of the Preds, though. I mean, even 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 in the loss the other night, you know, you go in, you've been in the locker room after wins and losses, you you know the difference. But I, the other night, I was in there, and it's like, okay, they were they were down that they lost. They knew that 
they probably should have won that game and they had a had a better team than Detroit. But it wasn't just this defeat, you know, of like just really down in the dumps. They're still very confident in their abilities, you know, through two games. I mean, it's only two games. It's a long way to go. And and so I, I like the way they're playing right now. Got to see that tonight, to your point, because San Jose is going to be hungry. Um, they don't like the position they're in, being down uh, and haven't won a game yet. So it's a dangerous situation, but I like the Predators in these situations, especially as we've talked about throughout the offseason and training camp. There's something about this team right now. There's just a, there, is a, there is a vibe they're giving off that they – they know what they have, and they have this confidence. So I, I like them in those situations, and we'll see what they have tonight. This will be, and this is no knock at the Wild or the Red Wings, but this will be, especially considering in the, in the preseason, right? Yeah, I know you, don't, you're going. you don't play the Lightning when they yeah. have all the Lightning players in there. You don't right. have Carolina playing all their players. So this will be the best team that they have played Agreed. all year long to this point, right? Same will be the case when, when Washington comes in there on Thursday. So I think this will be a, a night where the Predators are going to have to ratchet up. They're going to have to have good attention to detail, right? Uh, yeah. And as we said, you're going to get the absolute best that the Sharks have. They do have some guys banged up, the, the Sharks. But, uh, again, the Sharks, they don't want to go 0-4, right? They're going to be no. ticked off. They, they, had a, they had a ride over here all the way across the country, and they don't have – you know, they, they are going to be itching to get back out there and – and get their season going because they are a talented team that is too good to be 0-3. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, though. I really like how this schedule is set up through the first five or six games for the Predators because, you know, you start against Minnesota that they're okay, but they're not great. And then Detroit, okay, not great. San Jose, good. Washington, pretty good. You know, you Pretty have, good. Very good. You have a mix of uh, – and then L.A., not very good. Vegas, pretty darn oh, good. really good. Uh, so you have a mix, and the, the reason I like that is because we've seen in the past that there have been times with this group that they play a weaker team, and they almost play down to their competition a little bit. Now that you kind of have it mixed up, you almost have to look at every game as like you're playing, you know, the Golden Knights, the Capitals, the best – the Tampa Bay Lightning, the best in the league. And I understand that you're not going to be perfect every night. That's just that's a part of playing well, 82 and games. Well, I think UC Soros would be the first to tell you that he was not as good no, as he can be on, he wasn't, uh, on but Saturday. It, but it was it's the just first, a combination first of a lot of things. Yeah, it, the, he was victimized. There was a couple of bad bounces in there, but I think he definitely could have yeah. been better, just like just everybody else. But I think his defense could have been better in front of him too. So sort of so. finishing what we started. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think the finishing what we started, I think the key is attention to detail. In particular, when they go on the attack, making sure they rotate back and don't give up odd man rushes back the other way. Because yeah. we know San Jose will kill you if they if they if you let them do that. Now San Jose, I think, will have a different attack too. I think they'll be more aggressive. Well, sometimes when you're back. playing a team like the Red Wings, that's a little short on weapons. Yeah, they kind of hung back and said, "Okay, we're going to let you come at us some, but we're going to look for our chances. We're going to catch you," and that's exactly what the Predators fell into, and they weren't able to sort of outgun them. They easily could have won the game. They, you know, they, they had so many chances uh, to, to, to win the game anyway. And like I said, they, they, the numbers favored the Predators except on the scoreboard. Yeah, what do you think is more frustrating for a team when you generate over 40 shots on goal and you lose or you can't get a shot to save your life and you lose? 
<laughs> you know what I it's mean? It's much more frustrating to uh, – in, in the process of things, I think after maybe the initial – in the locker room, the feeling is probably the same. You lost. Yeah. But the next day, I think you feel better about, you know, we're doing the things that lead to wins. Right. Whereas if you're not doing the things to get chances, then I think you, you have more concern. Does that make? Yeah. Does that answer the question? Right. Because I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk out and go. Well, we lost, but we did some. We did things where we could have won. Whereas there's some games where you just you're garbage and you yeah. don't do things that you could win. Right. So, and I think that's the mindset that I, the Sharks are in. And I want to say this too, because I, you know, I was watching Twitter yesterday and the news coming out of Pittsburgh that Malkin's going to be out for a long time, and um, everybody's like, Nick oh, Bukestad as well. Two centers. Said, yeah, and the, oh, they're going to need a center. I, I am not moving a center off this team right now. I love the makeup of this team, so I don't even yeah. want to have that discussion because I really like what they got going. Right and they're now. they're not out that long. It's a, it's not like if they yeah. were if they were done for the season, then I do think Pittsburgh might be in a mode of. Well, desperate. I still think I th- I think they might look around. They might but, they might, but uh, but I, I'm with you right yeah, now. I, I'm not moving anybody off this team right now. All right, when we come back, we'll switch our attention to the Titans. And I'll give you some of my thoughts from the game on Sunday, and uh, Chase can fill me in on some of the, the discussion yesterday. A lot to, a lot to continue to uh, analyze with this team. Stay tuned. We're coming back to Pete and Terry's Tavern here uh, on the Sobro side, Darren Donick and Chase. Mike, what would you say to the fans who, when you were hired, it was about raising the bar and raising the level and see the inconsistencies and, and want to throw their hands up and say, this is the same old times. What would you say to those fans? That we're working tirelessly to improve this football team each and every day. That when I come to work uh, to the detriment of my family, uh, I think about this team um, when I'm here, when I'm not here, uh, that we're going to improve. That our goal is to improve every day, to put guys in positions, to coach these guys, to let them be in position to, to help the team and, uh, and play with great effort, play with great fundamentals, uh, but most importantly, uh, win. Mike Vrabel yesterday uh, at the press conference and after the press con- conference was over, as most of you know now, they did make a change at kicker. They released Cairo Santos and it will be Cody Parkey. According to reports. According to reports that takes that over. Yet, but. Uh, so... And also that, cut David Quesenberry. Right. You know, sometimes the roster just gets squeezed. That, that's, that's what well, happens. Well, I, I think what probably ends up happening, because last week they put David Flewellen on IR, so they only have two running backs on the roster. My guess is they had to cut Quesenberry because they had 11 offensive linemen. They will probably, my guess is, bring Dalen Dawkins back off the practice squad to have three running backs. And then, of course, sign uh, reported to be Cody Parkey, known as the double doinker. Yeah, uh, previously with the Bears. Yep, that's so a very interesting move. You got to you got to take what's out there. Yeah, uh, what, what else is available? To... So, you heard it yesterday. Uh, Mike Vrabel definitely pressed some in the press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that answer right there. Um, it's not his fault that they decided to make the change from Mil- to, from Mike Malarkey to him. Right, that's that's the job he was hired to do. I think he's doing the best he can. I think there's a lot of things that he does very, very well. That's uh, a really good point by you, because you know what? I haven't really thought about it that way before. Yeah, it's not like he's been waiting in the wings, uh, sitting right. next to Amy Adams Strunk and saying, "Hey, I can do better. I can do better." 
the job came open. Yeah, and he took he took the job, and you know he had he had the relationship with Robinson from their days in in New England, and you know those connections. But you're right. I mean, it, it's not like he. At least I don't know this. I don't. I don't think he did this. Like he picked up the phone and said, "Hey, you know, I played the Titans twice. I could be a better head coach. You know, hire me." I, I don't really think that's how it went. John Robinson felt that the system that was in place wasn't good enough, even after winning a playoff game, and they made a change. So you're right, and and I think that Mike Vrabel has had to, he's had to learn as as time goes on. He's showing though that. There's just he doesn't have a lot of experience as a coach, and and it's starting to show. And there are there are a lot of games in this league, unless you are a juggernaut, and that is rare in this league. You just saw I would consider among the teams that relatively are supposed to be juggernauts, the four and Chiefs just got beat on their home field by what Andy, I think is yeah. a pretty ordinary Colts team, but the Colts are very well coached. <laughs> They do the little things. Frank Reich. They are oh. really good at the little things. And Jacoby Brissett is not spectacular, but he is playing some smart, winning football. They are figuring yeah. out ways to win. That is, the to me, the difference between where the Colts are and where the Titans are. Yeah. Right? And, they, and they have a head-to-head win to show for it. Right? The Titans, are they are built to win. This is probably the biggest source of frustration I think I sense from Mike Vrabel. It certainly is the way I see it. I can't speak for him, of course. But they're designed to be able to win by running the ball, not turning the ball over, playing good defense, having really good special teams, and they've had two games. You know, I, I just think every now and then you're going to have a bad game. They had a bad game in Jacksonville, right? It was weird. It was raining. They just they didn't play well. The two, game, two other games they have lost have been on their home field against solid teams that aren't spectacular, but they beat the Titans at their own game, right? right? The field position game, the no, no terms. The Titans won the turnover battle in both of those games, and they come up empty, right? Because they didn't make field goals. That was the obvious, right? If they make all the field goals, then maybe we're talking about, hey, I mean, they nice left, win. They, got, they left 12 points on the field. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if a guy should be expected to hit two field goals from 50 sure. or more, right? Sure. One out of two would have been fine. But you got to make the other two. The 30-something yeah. field, you cannot miss those. Those cannot be and, missed. And you have and that's to, why he doesn't have a job. I didn't blame Mariota for much yesterday, which I probably comes as a shock to you. But I really didn't think it was on him. But you do have to – you have to have some awareness of where the line of scrimmage is. And, and it, it was so, so close that it really could have gone either way. They ultimately – I don't you know, like the way that rule is – interpreted yeah how in the heck are you supposed to tell where he was uh, right when he released the ball and they they were they were also very hazy on what is if a foot, the ball? if a foot is behind the line it's he's good right in that no, the, the way the way that uh gene serator said it is that if any part of his body is behind the line when he releases the ball he's then he's good right now the problem is he's running towards the line he's got momentum going he plants his foot right on the line of scrimmage. Right. My, so, so, to me, that should be the rule. Because you can tell where a guy plants his foot. When a guy is in the air and the ball is being released, how in the heck do you know it. when he – especially you don't have a camera on every yard line to look down the, the, down the line. They and did not have a good look at it at And that all. was the problem. And that was the problem, and so that's why they – Right. They, 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 so that's a Because when, when I watched it in real time, I was like, oh, he's past the line of scrimmage. That, that was my initial reaction. I'm like, ah, he's past the line. 
I think he probably was when the ball actually left his hand. Yeah. Just, just trying to deduce, right? Where is his foot when he plants it? Because when he plants the, the plant foot, the ball is right. still in his hand. But his momentum is carrying him forward. He lands, like if the line of scrimmage is the 11, he probably lands on the, on the 9. Because right. he's running and he jumps as he throws it. So it's reasonable to say by the time the ball leaves his hand that he's over the line. At least, you can, you know, certainly not enough to overturn the original call. But right. to me, the rule should be where you plant your foot. I agree. Where, where, I would agree with that. Because that's much more easy to, to assess yeah. if it's a reviewable play. I mean, if you're in the air and you don't have a camera right down the line, how in the heck are you supposed to review that? I think, I think that's, a, that's a fair look. So, anyway, that, they, they didn't catch it. They, they had some bad breaks in that game, too. The holding penalty against Jack Conklin is, is yeah. in this day and age, it's what they're calling. So I see what they called, but is that re- you could call something on every play like that? that Which so, one are so you the, talking about? Well, the two plays before Derrick Henry oh, yeah, scores, yeah. okay, uh, right up the middle, touchdown. It's right. it's fourteen seven Titans. You got all the momentum in the world. You're going to go win that game, right? Holding on Conklin drives him back, and they well, still scored on on Mariota. And the first play of the game, they called the hold on Luan. Right, and I, now that that one I had a problem with from Luan's perspective. Yeah. Okay, and so. I think Taylor Lewan, I know how badly he wants to come in there and do his thing and be a difference maker, but that is a I, – yeah. I, I, just, I just threw my – I put my forehead in my hand when I saw <laughs> that play because he's right out in the open. He grabs the guy's jersey. There's no reason to do it. Right. No reason. And he, his guy is barely – his, his guy is not rushing. His guy right. is not ru- – the ball is in the air. The guy is trying to release to go after the running back that he thinks uh, Mariota might be throwing to. Now, because yeah. there's a there's a I I, th- I don't know if it was Lewis or Henry is leaking out for an outlet. That's where the guy was going, and and Luan held him from yeah. trying to get out there. And he admitted there's no it reason after, to do I mean, that. He he went through the play after the game and explained exactly what he did. So it's, I, I'll give him credit for that. For, it's a, that's a bad play. It first is first play of the game. It is, and then not only that, he sprints down which is good, good hustle. But then he does exactly what he did in that game, the Raiders game. He bowls the guy over after the whistle. He could have gotten a flag for that yep. as well. So that, and then comes out after the game. He didn't have, didn't have a great game. No. Right? And it that was, was not a good return. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to give him some slack because, you know, he hasn't been able to practice, hasn't been with the yeah. team. You've got to give him a little time. But then he's the one out front of everybody saying, we've got to play better and, and, and this. And I just I did not like that at all. Talk about your talk about. Hey, I got to do. I need to do better. I'm going to get better. I've been away from the team. I hurt the team. But don't start talking about how everybody else needs to do better as well. Right. I, I just I didn't I didn't like well, that. I didn't I didn't I didn't think that played well. Number in, one, in my he, mind, anyway. he wasn't the only one that said things like that. I mean, it, you're seeing frustration out of a lot of the right. Lot but of the he hasn't been there. I know. I understand. He he, he but, did that to himself. He was he hasn't been there. He's been he, there for one game and then starts talking about everybody's got to do better. But the media knows that he's going to give an answer, so they're going to ask sure the question. Sure, he does. And but and he he can handle himself differently there. He can, when you but he start won't. the game, you are talking about you, we have to do the little things better, and you go out on the first play, yeah. and do that, and then you get on Twitter and have a Twitter contest. Uh, yeah, with, what is going on with that? With Shaq Lawson, that's just I, I not how you. That, well, I listened to Derek this morning. You know, Derek is going to be the mayor of the locker room. I mean, he knows how you should act, and he's like, "Dude, shut it down. You had a bad game. You, yes, you did it to yourself. You're Keep coming a out low game profile, suspension. not a not a call attention to yourself yeah. profile. I didn't yeah. like that. I agree. That's but, not that is not what is needed at this time. 
if you want to be a leader on this team, Taylor Lewan, th- this is these are the things that you're going to have to do better. I love that he's honest. I love that about him. I love that he will answer any question that is thrown his way. But you have to know what to say and when to say it. And I think sometimes he just he gets going and it's you know. Right. And Diary of the I, mouth. Let, yes, and, and that is his personality. I know he wants to win. His heart is in the right place. Oh, of course you've got to use your head a little bit more because it rings hollow when you yeah. haven't been there. Right. What do, what do you think his teammates thought when he was saying that? Well, where have you been? Right. You weren't here in the first now, month. Now, if, if Delaney Walker says if it. If somebody had been there for which all he five did? weeks, then I think that plays a little right. bit better. But like he had to, been there, and he shows up, and he was not the best he could be, which no. he admitted. But I – I don't know. I, I just didn't think that was good. All right, we're going to talk more about the issues with the Titans when we come back. 10.44 is the time. Remember to come by here to Pete and Terry's Tavern on Sobro. we got tickets to the game, four giveaways. Just get here before 12.45. You can grab a little lunch if you want, but if nothing else, put your name in, and you'll have a chance to win. You do not have to be present to win the tickets. We'll put them at will call for you. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Back here on... 1025 the game. Willie Donick, Chase McCabe here with you from Pete and Terry's Tavern. David Boyle coming up at 1115. We'll talk Predators hockey with him on a weekly basis at that time. Uh, don't forget ESPN 94.9 Game 2 not only has the baseball playoff games, but it's also the official radio English radio home of the Nashville Soccer Club, Nashville SC. They take on Louisville at First Tennessee Park tonight. Pre-game at 6.30, kickoff at 7, only on ESPN 94.9 Game 2. Powered by your Middle Tennessee Toyota dealers. All right, back to the Titans, Chase. The Titans have turned the ball over, correct me if I'm wrong, one time. It was the Adoree Jackson muff punt, correct? That sounds right. I think, th- I think so. I don't believe they've lost a fumble other than that one. Mariota has not thrown Did Derrick Henry fumble? He fumbled, but I don't think they, they lost the that. fumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I think you're right. Uh, so that's got to be incredibly frustrating. To Mariota Mike has Rabel. yet to throw an interception. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yep. Uh, not that he's been spectacular, but um, that has to really be gnawing at Mike Vrabel. And it, so let's let's also put this in perspective. They are two and three. A lot of the league right now is either three and two or two or three, a huge yep. percentage. But they've missed opportunities. So, but the season is not over. I think they they have to be capable of doing better. I don't think they're playing anywhere close to as well as they can play. I still only see one major issue right now, and that is getting the offensive line together. Right? That that has got to, that is the biggest problem that they have right now is handling the pressure that teams are throwing at them. And the Bills have an excellent defense. Yep. The the Jaguars have a tough front and the, the line got dominated in both games. The biggest, That's the biggest issue, I think, going forward. And the biggest issue that you just said is leading to an overall issue. Because, as I said to Toronto Davenport yesterday, I see this offense in three different parts right now. The offensive line, the skill position, and, the, and then the quarterback. And they're not all working as one collective unit. And it starts with the offensive line. Because Marcus Mariota, say what you want about him, he's, he hasn't been spectacular, but he's been good. He's a... He's a one-read quarterback at times. Yeah, he has limitations. So he doesn't go through his progressions. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you give him time, I think he'll make any throw that you want him to make. You will find any receiver, anybody, it doesn't matter, that you want him to find. 
But when he doesn't have time, which he doesn't have right now, because the offensive line, basically when they go up against a good defensive front, he's got maybe two seconds before he's getting pressured. And when he starts getting pressured, it's one read. If that one read is there, boom, you're golden. Anything else, he's probably not going to find it. And that right there leads to all the problems with the offense and how the offense can't get going. So then you have Taylor Lewan and Delaney Walker and others saying after the game of, you know, they're frustrated and it's been the same inconsistencies and this is what it's been like since I've been here. Well, it all starts up front because Marcus has never had the protection that he needed to have for him to play his game because he is what he is. In year five, he is what he is. Now, I asked the guys yesterday, and I'll ask you the same question. If you take the best offensive line in the league, which there's a few to choose from. I mean, Indy's pretty well, good. Well, look at the Colts are doing with a, a, a quarter, quarterback that we would say is fairly ordinary. Yeah. I mean, right? Jacoby Brissett and Marcus Mariota are pretty similar. Yeah, I, I think I'd rather have Mariota, honestly. Uh, I think he gives yeah. you more. Right. He's, got, if, he's certainly got the, the mobility. If you take the Colts' offensive line – and give that to Mariota, don't you think he's better? Oh, I, I, I don't think there's any question that any any quarterback benefits from better offensive line play. So they've got to get that fixed. I, yeah. I, I, I but how do you like, fix it? Well, Lewan Is it will, Keith Carter? No, Is it the coach? I, I, I Is think, it? No, I, I'm not ready to go there yet. I, I do think that's uh, a fair question to ask, but I but I'm, I, I think you got to give him more time for Lawan who just got back. Saffold definitely has got to be a concern right yeah, now. He, he has been concerned. beat one-on-one. And I'm not sure what the but, deal is there. I mean, that it, it's him. I mean, I don't know that he's not. It's not every now well, and then. It's, it's a stunt and stuff. Like it's communication with your tackle, but sometimes it's just straight up. Well, they're not good. He got the stunts. spin move on him. Yeah, the guy just beat him. Here's the thing, though. Are you you know because you if you break it down position by position on the offensive line, you pay Taylor Lewan a lot of money. Now, I think Taylor Lewan's still pretty good. I thought he was at his best under Russ Grimm. But I still think he's pretty good. He's a he's a Pro Bowl left tackle. So paid him a lot of money. Good there. You paid Roger Saffold at left guard a lot of money as a free agent. He has not lived up to that at all. So that right there, there's a strike. He's got to be better. The center, Ben Jones. You just signed him to a contract extension. Has he been spectacular? Well, the line as a whole has has not been good enough. I know. So I I don't. I'm right, not right guard. A, right guard has been a problem since oh, sure. the very beginning, and we know the reasons for that. And hopefully, Davis will be okay. And you hope that the third he's round gonna, pick. Davis can is going to. He's going to be up and down. He's a rookie. Right. He, he is not a guy that's just going to instantly go in there and play great. He's going to have his issues. So and, that's why you have to lean on the veterans on the left side. And then the right tackle has been. I like him. Now he had, he still been hurt. Been, he's been he's lost his confidence. Yep. Now he's he, been okay. He got the holding penalty was, which was a huge call in the game. They all can do better. So my point is to to just kind of break all this down. Well, what you're saying is they've invested a lot in this. They've time, invested right? a lot. Have you missed four or five times, or are you just you just not where you need to be in getting it all to work? I, together? I think it's cohesiveness. I think the talent is good enough to have okay a good offense. Well, isn't line. that kind of were part of the coaching well, but duties. Davis just got there, I'm, and Lawan just got there. So, well, Lawan was there throughout training camp. So, right, but the, but he's been gone for a month. Not, I, not I, get, I know. And during training camp, smartly, they didn't play him with the starters. They had him playing with the right. seconds and the third. So the chemistry between the five was not developed that much during training camp because they had to prepare Kelly right to play that spot. So I'm giving them some time there, but 
it's definitely if this looks them. this way four weeks from now, then I may I'm looking at possibly making a change. But let's also again pull back and look at the rest of the league. Buffalo has got huge issues on the offensive line. They had five offensive linemen. They had guys, and they still found a way to scrape together two touchdown drives. And particularly right. the second one after the blocked field goal, they go down and scored. That was one where I just that, that's another one where. The Titans are sitting there going, how do we lose both of these games at home on our field? Part of the answer is the other team overcome their shortcomings. They had two drives of consequence, right? The whole game. Score touchdowns on both of them, right? If the defense can find a way. The defense in the red zone has not been that great. They've given up too high of a percentage of touchdowns. They've got to find a way to not let. A very ordinary offense, a below-average offense, score twice on touchdowns in the red zone. If it's ten to seven and not fourteen to seven, it's a much much different situation down down the stretch of the game. So well, there's so many. So it's the defense not being quite elite enough to overcome the shortcomings of the offense. Every bingo. team's got shortcomings that they sure. have to overcome. Yeah, and this defense is really good, but they're not good enough to cover up. Right. That's where the offense. I think they can be better. I think they can, they, in the and I think zone they will especially. be. The red zone is the one thing. I think they've played. Five, I think the defense. They played five good games, if you, but they haven't played a great game. No, right? but now, if, against the against the Falcons, maybe you could say let's close yeah. to a great. They got some key stops at key times. Would you and say though that the defense has gotten a tick better with each game? I, I like the defense, and it, it, listen, if they if they can get Jeffrey Simmons back later, I mean, they, well, and that's they, there's some speculation that that could happen. That he could practice. There, next there's week another and, weapon that maybe yeah. is there down the road. I I think the defense can keep getting better. So I they're not done, right? Right. This there's a long way to go in the season. It's just a high frustration level right now with with the whole thing. Yeah, there is. All right, let's, let's sneak in one caller before the end of the hour here. Terrence, welcome to the show. You're on 102.5 The Game. Uh, yes. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you guys, and no, no one's talking about, you know, we're talking about Taylor Lewan. We're talking about the offensive line. We're not realizing that if our field goal kicker makes those kicks, that's 12 points that could have been added with the seven that the Titans score. If the, if we have those twelve points, we win that game. It's a different hundred percent, hundred percent. So you know why aren't we? Uh, listen, about- listen. They uh, that if he made the one field goal in the Colts game, right? They could have won that game, right? He missed one in that game. So Terrence, Terrence, cut you're it, so. you're right. You're right. It, it's a it's another unfortunate thing that happened. Their kicker got hurt. Yep. And they. They had that. Do we carry two kick? Like I don't know, Ryan suck up if he was eligible to come off the injured list right now. Could he come out and he's on injured reserve? Yeah, so, I, I think like he was kicking in the preseason. Like that I, was I think they he had just to needed. Gauge. I think he just needed a few more weeks, but they needed the roster spot, so they had to put him on IR. Designated right. to return. And Ter- Terrence, you're making a, a fair point, yeah. but you you want to be good enough that it doesn't come down to a missed kick. Delaney Walker should also catch that ball. Well, there's a lot of them. There, I mean, there was two or three throws yeah. into tight windows where it's a catchable ball, right? Where they're not making the catch. So Terrence, or, I, or the I, throw is a little bit off. You know, there, there's always that. There's, there's so. There, that's what I'm trying to illustrate. It's so close right. between winning and losing in this league. They, they could be, and this is the the thing that is a trap. They, they could be three and two. Could, could even be. be four and one if they, they if you if all the little things went their way. And I agree. If they I, made all the kicks. Yeah. Right. 
Because I agree with Terrence, but there are some other things they could have done to prevent right. that. But so, so you're right. You can't. You're frustrated, Terrence, but trying to keep it in perspective, they're close to where they want to be, and there are some things out of a coach's control. You, the coach can't control. You can just put them out there. You got to make the yeah. kick, right? It's like yep. Delaney Walker said. So fair point. Thanks, All, right, Terrence. Thanks. All, right. All right, thanks, Terrence. When we come back, we'll uh, start looking towards David Poyle. We're here at the Sobro entrance in Smashville, Pete and Terry's Tavern. Stay tuned. Hour number two is coming up.